It's been a while. It's a crazy little thing called Love Dem, episode 67, Subway Baby. My beautiful people, I've missed all of you out there. It's been a few weeks I haven't recorded a podcast. I had a few issues, shall we say, that um, I had to sort out. And hopefully they're all done now. Had to take a break from Facebook, Twitter, uh, for personal reasons. It was, it was just getting to me. I had to, um, it wasn't good for my mental health. So I had to take all of it down. And do you know what? It was the best thing I've ever done. Taking a break from social media is good for the soul. Honestly, it's so... I mean, I deleted all of the apps on my phone, even my computer. I deleted all the links, and I just felt great. I felt so good. Just I noticed things around me. I wasn't looking at my phone as I'm walking around. Do you know what I mean, I was walking around parks. I was admiring the nature. And re- and forgetting, you forget so much things that are around you. Yeah, so I had a break from that. But otherwise, I've been good. I felt a bit like that that canal. <laughs> Not the canal, the actual boat. The boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Is it still there? <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, that's a bit of a drama there. I mean, no one probably even knew what the Suez Canal was. I think I kind of knew what it was. It's in Egypt, isn't it? And it links like, is it yeah, Egypt, and it goes through uh, into the sea <laughs> where Greece is. I mean, that's a palaver, isn't it? It's not like the motorway where you can lift up a vehicle, move it out of the way. This is a giant boat full of crates that you can't get rid of. <laughs> that's how my brain felt. Felt like it was blocked by something, and I had to uh, remove social media away from it just to clear it clear my mind and it was the best thing i've ever done and i highly recommend it (laughs) come off social media for a bit because social media is what can i say it's toxic man it's just full of trolls and people who hate you (laughs) it is isn't it there's like so many haters on social media it's annoying I mean, it's that bad. Talking about that Suez Canal, apparently there's a woman, um, female captain, named Marwa El-Shihada, and she's from Egypt. And people are blaming her for, <laughs> for blocking the Suez, Suez Canal. <laughs> she's getting text messages saying, what you done? What you done, bab? You caused a traffic jam? You know, she wasn't even the captain of that ship. That's how bad it was. But just because she was a woman, she was getting blamed for something. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if that um, was the canal. Why did it get stuck anyway? Like, I mean, whoever was the captain of that ship must have known, must have gone up and down that canal billions of times and to get wedged. (laughs) Maybe it was trying to do a three-point turn on the Suez Canal. That's what it looked like when I saw the pictures of it. 
<laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, how's everyone been anyway? I've been okay. I've been all right, man. Uh, like I said, had a few stressful um, days, but I'm back to normal now, hopefully. Other than that, I've, I'm going to have to find another job now because the COVID job that I was doing is coming to an end and Birmingham City Council do not want to renew the contract. <laughs> I think it's because the amount of people we've been having in has been going up and down at various sites. And I've absolutely loved the job. I had so much fun in that job. Met so many people, public and my colleagues that I've been working alongside. There's been a few dramas. <laughs> Every workplace has dramas. And there was plenty of that where I was working. Uh, obviously, I stay out of it. <laughs> I stay out of that stuff. Um so, yeah, it's a shame it's coming to an end because, like I said, it was a good job. It was quite flexible. Uh, we had various, we had some good, decent break times. It was quite chilled. You know, it wasn't pressurized job like you would be on a hospital ward. I do miss the hospital wards a little bit, but a part of me does not want to go back to that kind of role now. Like, I feel like I'm better working out in the community than I am inside a building. And it's better for my, for your overall mental health. And no offense to any of my colleagues or people that work in healthcare. You know, I take my hat off to you. It's a hard job. I know it is. You know, you have to bathe, you have to clean, you have to hoist people, um, you have to take them out on escorts, you have to do the shopping for them. And there's so much. There's so much. It's it's. People don't realize how much how hard it is to be a healthcare assistant. Or nurse, you know, it's not an easy job. The job I was doing, it was, it was quite, it was a bit more relaxed. It wasn't as much pressure, which I really enjoyed. So I'm hoping I find something like that again. I'm trying to look for more work in that line of business, <laughs> but we'll have to see, eh? Who knows? I mean, to be, I'd love to get back on the radio. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, get me back on the radio. If anyone's listening and you're in the radio industry. Just give me a chance. I'll be happy to do it. You know, <laughs> I'll be happy to do it. I keep itching my body. It's so annoying. Like, I went to the skip today, right? Because I had loads of stuff to get rid of. Obviously, the weather's getting better now here in the UK. and But we're getting the odd snow showers, which is strange. <laughs> Last week, we hit like 21 degrees, I think it was, in Birmingham. It was a nice day. Oh, I'll tell you something now. <laughs> so, I was working at Cannon Hill Park, right? And um, in Birmingham, it's right opposite the Edge Baston Cricket Ground. And, like, we got a mobile testing site there in the car park. On that day, when it was the hottest day so far in the UK... It was like from like 2 p.m. onwards, there was loads of people coming in the park. Yeah, slowly. And they were all young. Like, you know, they had, some of them had carrier bags and you could tell they had alcohol in there. <laughs> you know, people had pizza boxes and stuff like that. And uh, even de like Deliveroo was Uber Eats. They were all there, man, dropping food, coming in and out the park. 
And then it kept getting busier and then busier and then busier. And I'm not kidding, right? There was thousands of people in the park. <laughs> there were so many people. It was crazy. It was like a festival. I felt like I was at Edinburgh Fringe. There was that many people, man. And apparently, uh, from what I heard, the next day, somebody organised a a get-together. So I don't know whether it was students, because I think there was a, seemed to be like a lot of young students there, teenagers, um, older adults, so we sh- so, shall we say, at the event, and it was absolutely rammed. <laughs> it's like COVID didn't even exist. It was just lockdown. I think because of the rule where you could meet up people. You can have meet up a group of six, is it? And everyone was just like, yep, we're doing it. <laughs> I couldn't even get out. It was that busy in the car park. It was crazy. <laughs> so that's that back. Um, just back to the skip thing. Oh, basically, I had a load of stuff to get rid of. I don't know what it is, but like every time I come back from the skip, I feel really itchy. The worst thing is because a lot of the stuff I tend to take is um, green waste, so your grass, you you know, your shrubs, stuff like that. And because I have to clean the bag afterwards, I have to shake it. It goes all over my face. <laughs> it went all over my face, all over my hair, and now I just feel like itchy and dirty, and ugh, it happens all the time. Like I feel like I need a shower. <laughs> Now I feel like somebody needs help. Uh, that's right. It is time for the now stupid questions brought to you by Reddit. As usual, let's see who needs my help, even though they can't hear me. Right. So this one's been posted by Disgustang. Uh, probably means disgusting, but probably been taken. Anyway, the question they ask is: Does anyone make the weirdest impressions? Sounds and voices when they are home alone. <laughs> uh, do I ever make? I probably do. I'm sure I used to make this weird. Oh, that was it. I used to do an impression of a cat to my kids, but it wasn't a cat. Like, okay, it was kind of a cat, but I used to go meow 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 meow, and I used to do a little dance where I'm shaking to the left and to the right. And my kids used to find that absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and then I would just end up doing it now and again, going meow, 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 meow to myself. <laughs> uh, I'm crazy. My son, actually, I mean, he's autistic. So I suppose with autism, you do have like children will make noises and then they tend to stick to it. So my- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to remind him anymore now, but he's, he hasn't done it for a while. But for a couple of weeks, he was going... Like that, for no reason. <laughs> and I used to say to him, what are you doing, man? And he'll go... Like that with his face. And I'll be like... <laughs> like you're crazy, man. Like, stop doing that noise. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so disgustang is saying I don't know what's wrong with me I start making weird faces <laughs> pretending I'm various characters D- 
doing impressions and sometimes dancing weirdly. There you go. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Basically, do meow, meow, meow and move your left shoulder and right shoulder up and down. Left, right, left, right, left. And go meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I don't know various nefarious actions happen. <laughs> what does nefarious mean? I don't know. <laughs> Probably an American word. What are people saying to this question? It's a proper weird one. Uh, yep, it feels so good to be free and weird for a moment. Laugh out loud. Another one, almost so much so that I have to suppress the weird noises when I'm around other people. <laughs> you have to try and hold yourself from not doing it. I only do voices when I'm thinking about my DND characters, but I will absolutely chat away to myself, especially if I'm in front of a mirror. That's from Miwal. Maybe Miwal is kind of like acting. I mean, we, I have to talk in front of a mirror if I'm doing... If I'm going over a routine or a bit that's new in my set, or I probably will have to do it again because gigs are coming back. <laughs> so I'd have to do that. Um, what else is there? There's not many comments, to be fair, on this one. Someone's saying, let the voices out or else they will conspire to take control and then you might regain consciousness after cooking and chewing on the flesh of your family members. <laughs> so basically um the question the answer to that is does anyone make weird impressions when they're at home i don't think it's weird i think it's part of your human nature in it it's probably a way of re relieving stress shall we say um yeah do it man if those of you are listening you do a weird impression or a sound or a funny voice when you're home alone Keep doing it. <laughs> no one else knows you're doing it, so just keep doing it. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, there we go. That was uh, a no stupid question. So another thing I wanted to talk about, actually, like I was saying, gigs are coming back now, right? So from Monday, April the 12th, all pubs, hospitality, um, bars, I believe, same thing, in it? <laughs> shops shops are back open salons are back open and the gyms which is great so i was telling my wife all about that you know all these stuffs are gonna open up and i said oh and they're talking about holidays now <laughs> i said obviously traffic light system in so of green is good to go there ambers you have to i don't know i think you have to self-isolate or something and red is a no-go <laughs> and she goes to me. She goes, traffic light. Are they gonna are they're gonna put a traffic light on the runway? <laughs> For the aeroplanes. <laughs> I just started laughing, yeah. And she got really angry. <laughs> She thinks there's going to be a traffic light put on the runway. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, you booked a holiday to Spain, shall we say, and everyone gets on the plane. <laughs> and we all know it's green. We can go there. And then all of a sudden, the plane's take about to take off, 
and then it doesn't, and then it stops. <laughs> and the pilot goes, I'm afraid <laughs> the lights have turned red. We can't go anywhere yet. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> well, that's not. That's what they should do, isn't it? That would be so funny. Actually, they've got that in uh, Aldi's. They've actually got like a green and a red light. So when you walk up to the door of the store, uh, green means you can go in. The doors will open. And when it's red, you have to wait outside in the queue. <laughs> Maybe that's what she thinks, isn't it? <laughs> God, I've missed this podcast. I hope you guys have as well, listening to me laughing my head off. Talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> oh, actually, so, yeah, holidays. I was meant to go to India. A cousin of mine got married only last week. Um, it's my anniversary tomorrow as well. I don't even know how many years, man. <laughs> it's been too long. And, uh, yeah, so cousin of mine, my dad's brother's son, is getting married in India. He's already married, actually. And he kept phoning me saying, you're going to come to India, you're going to come to India. And it's just been a bit difficult, obviously, with work. Kids are back at school and stuff like that. So, um, haven't, and I haven't really got the money to go, you know. <laughs> so, he's at his wedding and I couldn't go. And I've seen the pictures and it looks great. And it looks like everyone had a great time. No one's wearing a mask. <laughs> Nobody in India is wearing a mask at the at the party. <laughs> Which I can't blame them, because I'd hate to wear a mask, especially when it's hot there. But I know India has got like a 100,000 cases of corona in one day. And I reckon they'll be on the banned list. <laughs> Traffic light's going to be red for them soon. Because Pakistan's joining. Pakistan is, you can't even fly there anymore. They're on the red list. And I have no idea how their COVID is going there, but... Them guys are in trouble by the looks of it. <laughs> oh dear, the things you can't do. Oh, has anybody um watched the documentary called Sea Piracy? Is it Sea? It's on Netflix called Sea Piracy or Seas Piracy, something like that. Basically, it's about the whole ocean, and this guy's made a, like a documentary about how he loves whales and dolphins and stuff like that. And his, his love for them came from when he went to SeaWorld, I think, in America. Um, and then as he got older, he wanted to find out a bit more about it, how the animals actually get into the SeaWorld. And the Shorahawk stories, it's crazy. The whole documentary, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's just about how bad... Um, fishing has got it's got so bad and it there's so many people involved and it's wrong and apparently it's the ocean that's keeping us guys alive so we all go on on about the Amazon and save the Amazon it's actually the the ocean something to do with the carbon dioxide that the fishes absorb it not the fishes <laughs> the fish poo I think it is that absorbs the uh carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and um, basically fishes are keeping us alive and if they all disappear we're dead too 
So it's kind of put me off fish, to be honest. Like, I love fish. I love seafood. But, I don't know, maybe cut down on eating it. Probably shouldn't anyway with my gout. <laughs> so, yeah, do check that one out. Well, you can. Has anyone had the COVID vaccine? My mum keeps pestering me about it. Every time she comes around to my house, she'll go, take it, take the COVID vaccine. I'm like, mum, I don't want the COVID vaccine. I know I'm a healthcare assistant who does not want the vaccine. Not yet, anyway. I mean, I've been fussy about the flu jab, and that's been out for years. And I've only just started taking it. But... I don't know about... I don't want to get too involved in the whole COVID vaccine. It's not. A, it's a conspiracy and all that. It's not even that. It's just... I think it's because I feel like it hasn't been out that long. And do you know what I mean? Like, a vaccine takes years to make, apparently. You know? So we all know the real side effects and stuff like that. So I'm in two minds, man. I don't know. I'm not in a rush to take it. And if we have to have a passport, <laughs> green light, if you have the passport to go into pubs and holidays, then I might have to take it. But it feels like that's forced. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants to go pub. Everybody wants a holiday or fly abroad for whatever reason. And you have, if you have to have a COVID passport to say you've had the vaccine, you're safe to fly, then I feel like you're just pressurized to take it. And I don't like to be pressurized into doing things, you know, so I'll have to see. I think it's time for a weird news story anyway. Enough of that. I don't want to go too much into politics. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had a break off doing my podcast and I don't want to annoy anyone. So let's do a weird news story. Yeah. All right, then. Now, this weird news story is a little bit different. I'm going to be honest. Um, It's. I've just read the title and there's a lot, there's a couple of pages about this story. So it could be, I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> but the headline got me straight away. And that headline is, we found a baby on the subway. Now he's our son. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure where this is going to go, but let's have a look. Sounds like a nice story. A couple of pictures on there as well. So Danny Stewart, shout out to Danny Stewart was rushing to meet his boyfriend for dinner when he ran past something lying on the floor of a New York subway station. Soon he would treasure it more than anything else in the world. Was it a $20 note? <laughs> it was around 8 o'clock on the 28th of August 2000, so going back 21 years, just past the frenzy of the New York rush hour when a subway train rattled down the track into the 14th Street station in the Chelsea district of Manhattan. Danny Stewart, 34 years old, happy birthday, Danny, was late for his dinner with his partner, Pete Mercurial, 32. Shout out to Pete Mercurial, he's 32. Happy birthday to you, my friend. The couple had met three years earlier through a friend in Pete's softball team. Later, Danny had moved in with Pete and his flatmate, but on the summer evening, he has been back down to sublet apartment in Harlem to pick up the post. As Danny was hurrying out of the station, something caught his eye. I noticed on the floor, tucked under, up against the wall, what I thought was a baby doll. He says he was then puzzled. Why would a child leave a doll on the ground? Yeah, it can happen, mate. But he continued up the stairs to the exit, 
He said, I glanced back one more time and that's when I noticed his legs moved. He ran back down the stairs and realised that the doll was actually a baby boy wrapped in a dark sweatshirt with his tiny little legs sticking out. Oh, that's cute. He didn't have any clothes on. He was just wrapped up in the sweatshirt. His umbilical cord was still partially intact. So I could tell he was a newborn. I was thinking maybe a day or so old, he says. Danny could hardly believe what he was seeing. He couldn't understand how a baby has been left on the floor or who could have left it. I mean, this is getting serious now. <laughs> tell from the tone of my voice. The little boy was very quiet and yet also alert with big eyes wide open. He did look up and I stroked his head and then he whimpered a little bit. It seemed really unreal, the whole situation. And at that point, I was trying to alert people to what was happening, but he couldn't get anybody's attention. Typical New York City, just like London. <laughs> no one cares. Like, oh, there's a baby on the floor. Yeah, I've seen that before, mate. <laughs> Uh, it's normal. Danny yelled out, please call the police. But almost everyone ignored him. There you go. <laughs> I did get the attention of one woman, but she didn't speak English. Ah, typical. So she didn't really understand what I was saying. She's probably Spanish. Even when I was trying to point to the baby. <laughs> baby, hello. Like, yeah, you've got a baby. Congratulations. <laughs> Danny says, I think she probably thought I may have been a little bit deranged. Yeah, sounded like you were, mate. But this was before the time when everyone had a mobile phone uh, and Danny was afraid to pick up the baby in case he was hurt. So Danny ran up the stairs to the street to a payphone and he called 911. I found a baby, he blurted out. Then he told the police where he was located and ran back to check if the baby was okay. Oh, can you imagine if the baby disappeared? <laughs> We went back downstairs and it just disappeared. Like Boss Baby. We had a little suit on. It's <laughs> probably where they got the idea for the movie. He waited for what seemed like ages. I'm sure it was just a few minutes. But, by, but the time was standing still as my heart was racing, he says. I thought, well, they probably think this is a prank call. And they won't believe me. So somebody else needs to call. And that's when he thought of Pete. So grabbing a quarter out of his pocket, he ran back to the payphone to call him. Once again, I blurted out, I found a baby. I don't think the police believe me, so call them please right now. Pete, who'd been pacing up and down, looking out of his apartment window, waiting for Danny, says the hair on the back of his neck stood up. <laughs> Something you're not telling me, Danny. You're not gay, are you? <laughs> You've got a baby. <laughs> Three men and a baby, innit? Oh, uh, two men and a baby. Okay. Danny says that uh, we've read that bit. Because Danny doesn't joke, he wouldn't say something if it wasn't true, he says. He bolted out out of the apartment to the subway station, arriving as the police were carrying the baby to be taken for a checkup at the hospital. After Danny had given his statement, the two of them left. So I remember turning to Danny and saying to him on the sidewalk as the police car was driving away, you know you're going to be connected to that baby in some way for the rest of your life, says Pete. Danny was like, what do you mean? I said, well, eventually this child is going to learn of the night he was found and he may want to find a person who discovered him. Maybe there's a way that we can find out 
where he ends up and send a birthday gift every year oh, on this date. The next day, the news of the baby found on the subway was all over the headlines. Danny Stewart was the good Samaritan that found a £7 baby, said one reporter as Danny was interviewed for TV news. So the baby is Hispanic with patches of brown hair on the top of his head. Danny wanted to find out how the baby was, and so he went to the hospital where he had been taken but was unable to get any news. So Danny and Pete returned to their daily lives Danny to his role as a social worker and Pete as a playwright and web designer. But before too long, Danny received an invitation for the admin of children's services to attend a family court hearing to testify how he found a baby back in December 2000. The the judge asked Danny if he could stay for the entire hearing. He waited for the police to give their testimony and then judge addressed Danny again. Can you imagine if the sentence Danny... (laughs) To imprisonment. <laughs> you waited all that time in court and then they say, Guilty, you're going to jail, mate, for finding a baby. <laughs> that would have been a horrible ending, and it, to the story. <laughs> oh, mate, this story's not ending because it's going on forever. She says, Mr. Stewart, I want to let you know what's happening here. In instances, we have a baby that has been abandoned. We want to place them in a pre-adoptive foster care as quickly as possible. In my head, I'm thinking, well, that makes sense, says Danny. And then the next thing out of her mouth was, would you be interested in adopting this baby? Wow. That's a biggie, isn't it? (laughs) Man, if you found a baby, and then the the police or the court was like, do you want to keep the baby? That's a hard choice. I mean, Danny and Stuart were young when they found this baby. Well, I don't know what I would do. It's like when you find a lost dog, in it? Or a cat, kitten. You probably want to take it home. So with a boy or a, any child, I don't know, man. That's a, big, that's a tough one. <laughs> I hope they're making a movie out of this because it sounds like it'll be a great film. Danny looked around, all eyes were on him. I think most of the mouths dropped in the courtroom, including mine, as I said yes, but I didn't think it's that easy, and the judge smiled and said, well, it can be. Although the judge's question are completely out of blue, friends and acquaintances had already queried why Danny and Pete had not taken the baby boy home to take care of the night he was found. You didn't need to be a social worker as Danny was to realise that this wasn't how things worked. So the adoption process took six to nine months and involved background checks and parenting training. I'd not thoughts of adopting, says Danny, but at the same time, I could not stop thinking that I did feel connected. I feel like this was not even an opportunity. It was a gift. How can you say no to a gift? (laughs) Whoa, there's so much to read. Oh, dear. It's going to be the longest podcast I've done. (laughs) Outside the courtroom, Danny telephoned Pete to tell him the news. My gut reaction was just to say, no, you're not You're not interested. Go back right now in the courtroom and tell her, no, you made a mistake. Just tell her no. That's what Pete said. Over the next week, that they had what Danny says were tense conversation. Pete calls them heated arguments. I didn't want my life to change. I was happy the way we were. And this was just going to change everything, Pete says. We had no money, no space. We still had a roommate. I was also a little angry with with him. How could you say yes 
without consulting me first. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? If you found a baby and you went back to your partner and said, what do you think? Should we keep it? <laughs> or I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I don't know. What, what would you do, man? The situation almost tore them apart. Danny had one point. I'm going ahead. I'm going ahead with this, whether you're on board or not, says Pete. I just said you're choosing a ba- baby of an hour relationship. He said, I would like us all to be a family. I'd like us to do this together. But if you're not ready, I understand. I'm going to do it with or without you. So Danny was just like, I found a baby. It's mine now. Pete remembers saying awful things to Danny as good luck being a single parent in New York. Yet despite this, he says there was a part of him that desperately wanted it to happen. So Danny convinced Pete to come with him and visit the baby at the foster home. When they arrived, they noticed very quickly it was not an ideal place for him to be. He had painfully sore and infected nappy rash from his belly button all around his hips and thighs and his back. The caseworker who was with him sat down with the foster mother and pushed the baby seat with the little boy towards Danny and Pete. The baby stared at them with wide, wide eyes. Danny noticed he was not blinking and was very quiet. Holding the baby in his arms for the first time, Danny gently said, Remember me, mate? When it was Pete's turn to hold the baby, an instant wave of warmth came over him. The baby squeezed my finger with his entire hand. So hard, says Pete, he was just stuck. he was just staring up at me and I was looking at him and it was almost like he found a pressure point in my finger that just opened my heart to my head and showed me in that moment that I could be one of his parents and one of his dads. I think that's the whole story. There's a lot more. I mean, I can't go on and on about it. But, but that's a great story. So it looks like there's a couple of pictures of them together and he's getting older and older and he looks about 16 in that one and now he looks like an adult. He's a proper adult in that one. He's growing up. Um, I want to know what happens to the rest of the story. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen. That's a shame. If you want to check that one out, it's called We Found a Baby on the Subway. Now he's our son. And that's on BBC News. Posted two days ago. What a lovely story. I thought it was going to end really quickly, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh dear. I'm sorry if, I, if you wanted to hear more. Maybe I can read the rest next week. <laughs> there will be a podcast episode next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. You have been wonderful. Um, I'll see you for the next episode. <laughs>